What's up? What's up? Hour two, Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. We're going to switch gears here, talk a little NBA. Andre Snellings is joining us on the program, one of my partners in crime when it comes to Daily Wager and our gambling platform at ESPN. Each and every week, Andre has a great column that comes out pertaining to the NBA. Andre, Uh, I know we've got three weeks left in the regular season and your column focuses in on who do you trust a lot going on in the East and the West. So with that being said, kind of share with us, what, what is your, what is your column about? Yeah. So um, the column looks at both fantasy basketball and betting, but from a betting perspective, um, I looked at the uh, BPI, the basketball power index ranking for the different teams, as well as their strength of schedule. And so um, in one of the most heated races, the Western Conference playoffs, where um, only two losses separate the fifth-seeded Mavericks and the 12th-seeded Trailblazers, um, I I looked at those eight teams in that span, and uh, the top four teams uh, among those eight, according to BPI, are the Clippers, who are currently the eighth seed, the Warriors, the Mavericks, and the Timberwolves. But if you look at the top four teams according to strength of schedule, you get the Timberwolves, Trailblazers, Thunder, and Warriors. So the Timberwolves and the Warriors are the only team, two teams on both lists. So I think that bodes well for them to potentially finish in the top six, but um, also to, if not, then to definitely have a, a good seed in the play-in. All right, so and, and and let's take a look at the Western Conference, right? Like you know, and and you and I were, were on daily wagers, so you know we we talk about futures all the time. I'm sure you know where I stand. I think Denver is the best team in the league. Uh, they've got a seven and a half game lead over Sacramento, which I think really interesting matchup against the Knicks coming up tomorrow. But we'll dive into that in in just a few minutes. Um, and then you've got the Grizzlies, no John Morant, which I find is is going to be interesting for them. The Phoenix Suns, small sample size, but what we've seen so far with the addition of KD, they've been tremendous. Dallas has been great, offensive firepower with uh, with Luca and uh, and Kyrie Irving, but Luca dealing with some some health issues right now. Uh, Golden State, obviously, they round out the the six. I do like the Lakers. I'm surprised that the Lakers without. LeBron have been making noise, right? Like uh, they've won mm-hmm. two straight. They out of their, their six and two, their last eight. I've already got money down that the Lakers will make it uh, into the postseason. And again, they're sitting at nine, so uh, they just make it into the playing game. Then that that bet does pay. Um, you've got the Clippers, as you said, they're just a half a game back in regard to to getting that sixth spot. So when it's all said and done, Dre, give me your six. Who do you feel your six are going to be when it's all said and done and we start we start the postseason? Yeah, so I think that the top four are pretty solidified because you've got the Nuggets, Kings, and Grizzlies. They've got a, a five and a half, was it five and a half or six and a half? They got a five and a half game lead over the seventh spot. And there's only about 17 games left. So I can see the Grizzlies continuing to slide if Josh uh, Morant remains out. But it's hard for me to see them sliding that far. So I think those four teams are in. After that, you've got that potpourri. Um, mm-hmm. The Warriors make it hard to depend on them because of their road woes, but they're still right there. They're currently in the top six. And as I mentioned, they have one of the easier schedules of the teams in that mix. So I'll go ahead and pick them as one of my top six. And then that last spot, wow, that one's going to be tight. Um I will 
buck the trend and take, you know what? I'll take the Lakers. I'll take the Lakers. Um, the, the, the Mavericks and the Timberwolves and the Clippers all have a say in it. But as you pointed out, the Lakers are playing good even without LeBron. And to me, and we'll talk more about this later in the show, they're playing a lot like they played in November and early December when LeBron was out, but Anthony Davis was just carrying the load. He was balling. And if he's able to stay healthy and maintain that over the next few weeks, which is always a big if, I I think the Lakers could finish strong and uh, maybe sneak themselves into the playoffs. It will be interesting. Uh, another bet that you do like here is uh, is the Dallas Mavericks, Mavericks to catch the Grizz and win the Southwest Division, and you could get that at plus 550. Um, tell me all the reasons why. Yeah, so I, I, I mentioned I'm intrigued with that one, and a lot of it comes down to the question of John ja Morant. Um, you know, the, uh, uh, the, the uh, police decide, declined to press charges against Morant, so I don't know what that will mean as far as the NBA suspension goes. If he has an extended suspension that keeps him out for the rest of the season, then, yeah, there's there's a reasonable chance that the Mavericks, who are only five games back, um, could overtake the Grizzlies because without their leader, they've really been stumbling this season. But, you know, if the lack of filing charges means that Morant may face a suspension but has a chance of coming back before the season ends, then the Grizzlies might be able to hold on. So, like I said, at plus 550, I'm intrigued. I might throw a little bit, you know, it's kind of a long shot uh, uh, a bet on the Mavericks uh, down the stretch. But um, it's going to come down, in my eyes, to, to Jaws availability, and that's a big unknown. Andre Snelling is joining us here on, on ESPN. Uh, one, one more bet that I've, I've made in the West. Curious to get your thoughts before we start looking at the East. And that is uh, the Sacramento Kings uh, to win the Pacific Division. And you can still get that at plus 180. Uh, they are uh, two and a half games up on the Suns. The Suns are favored at minus 220. So folks listening, uh, that means you have to put $220 down to win $100 if you think the Suns are going to win the Pacific. I just, I just, I really enjoy watching this Kings team. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think, I think it's going to come down to the wire as great as the Suns have looked. So I, I, I like the Kings at, at, at plus 180. I think I, I got it actually at like plus 230 or plus 250 um, a week or two ago. But nonetheless, is that a play that you would make or, or are you all over the Suns? I think it's reasonable. Um, you know, as we've talked about before, I am not all over the Suns. Now, since we talked about it, I've watched the Suns play these last few games with, with Durant and Booker. And they are extremely fun to watch. And and Booker and Durant make a heck of a, a two-piece combo on the wing because teams can't focus on either one of them. So I do like a lot what the Suns have been doing. But the Kings have quietly all season long played really well. And, you know, De'Aaron Fox and, and Sabonis are both all-star caliber players that have made the all-star team. And they quietly just have, a, you know, they stayed under the radar. The, the Pacific is a division with the Warriors and the Suns and the Lakers and the Clippers. Nobody really talks about the Kings, but they just stay in first. So you're right. They do have a, a two-and-a-half game lead, and that's three games in the loss column. So that's significant um, for a team to be the underdog. The Suns actually have the best odds to win the division. So, you know, of the two, I might would put the money on the Kings because there's a little bit more juice there and they already have the lead. 
All right, Dre, let's take a look at what's going on in the East. Uh, the Bucks now with the number one seed. Uh, we talked about it, I want to say, like a week or two weeks ago. I, I felt that the Bucks were going to take over the number one seed from the Celtics. Sure enough, they did. The Celtics, they've been struggling as of late, especially against the Knicks, especially against the Nets. They had a tough time against those two teams. Uh, they are two and a half games back now to the Bucks. They're sitting with the second seed. Uh, the 76ers right behind them, then the Cavs, and then there's the Knicks, who last night, a few of my friends went to the game. They lost to the Hornets. It's woo, uh, but now they're traveling out west. <laughs> They've got an interesting game against the, the the Kings coming up tomorrow. Like I said, we're going to dive into that. They're at the five seed. They're two games back to the Cavs. I don't sleep. I, I love this Knicks team. I, we're going to get into that in just a second. I think there's a good chance they leapfrog the Cavs and they end up with the fourth seed and they'll be hosting the first round of the playoffs. Boy, can you imagine playoff basketball with a team that truly can contend at Madison Square Garden? I'm sorry. It doesn't get any better than that. Then you've got the Nets at six, who to me, surprisingly, have been winning games without KD and Kyrie. Um, uh, you know, th- what What they have right now, no bells and whistles, no true alpha, but definitely, um, you know, they've won three in a row. Then you've got the Heat, Atlanta, Toronto, and Washington. The Bulls looking in from the outside, um, you know, two games back to Washington. With that being said, how do you, wh- how do you see this Eastern Conference panning out? Who, who are your top six? Anybody surprise you in regards to the play-in? Yeah, so... Um... Uh, I, I do want to comment on you, you kind of skated past that Cavaliers and Knicks um, series. And, um, you know, ESPN's own Stephen A. Smith has been very vocal about the fact that you could be looking at the Knicks facing the team that Donovan Mitchell went to. And, you know, that, that arguably he chose the Cavs over the Knicks. So mm-hmm. that would be another intriguing uh, element to that matchup. Whoever's in four and five, you know, I, I would really like to see that matchup. But, um, but yeah, the, the Bucks they, they've been my pick all season long to, as the NBA uh, as a favorite to win the championship. So I'm not surprised that they're in the number one spot. If anything, I thought they were going to turn it on for the postseason, and they kind of have been. They've been sitting their guys, but they're still winning. So I think that should be scary for the rest of the league. The Celtics and 76ers are, are obviously both in. Um, yeah, I don't know. We may talk in a minute about what order they are in the seedings, but, um, you know, Bucks, Celtics, 76ers, Cavs, Knicks, I think that's one through five. The sixth seed, it really, to me, only comes down to the Nets versus the Heat because the Nets have a five-game lead over the eighth-seeded Hawks, and there's just not that many games left. So the Nets would have to go on a huge swoon, and, and either the Hawks or the Raptors would have to go on a huge hot streak to catch them. I'm not sure I see that happening. I could see the Heat, since they're only two and a half games back, potentially catching them. Um, the, the Nets, according to BPI, are still uh, ranked a little bit higher as a team than the Heat, but the Heat have an easier schedule. So I think that's going to be the, the race to watch as far as that, that top six uh, goes. As far as who makes the play-in, um, whichever of the Heat and Nets don't win the division, I mean, win, uh, make the top six, should uh, be in the play-in. Um, I think the Hawks and Raptors both make it. And the Wizards, you know, they've confounded me all season. When I think they're not going to be good, then they'll beat some really good teams. And then when I say, uh, okay, forget about them, then they struggle. I mean, then they they start winning. The Bulls had a moment of optimism with their uh, defensive backcourt. Um, I I think it kind of caught some teams by surprise, but they've lost a couple in a row, and they seem like they're falling back a little bit. 
Um, if it's not the Wizards, I'll, I'll take the Pacers. I really like what Tyrese Halliburton is doing as, as the young engine of that team. And so if there's any team that could supplant one of those top ten, I'll say it's the Pacers. I love it. I love it. And, and also, um, you know, you've got you've got a 76ers team, as I said. The Boston Celtics have been struggling as of late. They've lost three straight. Uh, you like the 76ers potentially to uh, – they're only – uh, one and a half games back to the Boston Celtics. You like them to win the Atlantic at six to one. Those are some pretty good odds right now, I'd say. Yeah, exactly. You know, when you can get a team that's only one game in the loss column out of first, um, with, with just a few weeks left at six, or I've actually seen it at six and a half to one. Um, I, I have to like those odds, especially because the 76ers, as you mentioned, they're playing really well and they have the easiest remaining schedule in the NBA, um, according to our BPI stat. So um, they should have a good chance against competition that they can beat to really stack up those wins and put pressure on Boston to, to stay with them or, or else get surpassed. And last but not least, before we let you go, we got to talk about the Knicks traveling out west, taking on a Kings team. Again, no numbers set by the odds makers as of yet. Uh, but I, I just I love this Knicks team. I think they lost to the Hornets the other night. I want to say they went like, what, four, seven of 44 from from three point range. Um, yeah. I, I do. I, I, I'm curious again. I, I don't know what the odds are going to be. I'm curious once they do come out, I've got a slight lean towards the Knicks. I would imagine that the Knicks, Knicks are going to get points on the road in in Sacramento. But big picture here. Uh, the Knicks to rep the, represent the East in the championship, 25 to one. The Knicks to win the championship, 90 to one. As great as this team has been playing, I think that those are some really good odds just by ch- chance to throw some money on. I'm I'm going to do it, Dre. What say you? Interesting. So um, as far as the game goes, I, I agree with you. I would expect that the Kings should be giving a, a few points. You know, they had the better record. They're the two seed. They're at home. Um, but if Jalen Brunson plays. I would pick the Knicks, um, and, and, and I'll take the points, any points you want to give me. The thing is, both the Kings and the Knicks, their point guards have been in and out of the lineup lately. Jalen Brunson's been in and out, and for the Kings, De'Aaron Fox has been in and out. So if both play, I'll take the Knicks. If neither play, I'll take the Knicks. But if, if Brunson sits and Fox plays, then I'll take the Kings and, and give the points. As far as the, the, the futures, um, you know, as great as the Knicks have played, I really have difficulty seeing the path that they could get to the championship. Like, there are too many good teams between them and, and, and the championship that, you know, anything could happen in the postseason. You could have injuries, any of that. But I don't think that fully healthy, I would pick the Knicks against the Bucks, Celtics, 76ers, or really even the Cavs, so that one might be the tightest. And then whoever comes out of the West is the same. So, um, you know, 25 to 1 and 90 to 1 especially are fun if they hit. And, you know, if you just got a couple bucks to put down, especially, you know, uh, a lot of times FanDuel will let you parlay uh, a futures pick with something else. So, you know, that's the kind of thing I might do, put, put, put a buck down on something at 1,000 to 1 and see what happens. But I don't really expect the Knicks to win the championship. But, hey, you never know. You never know. Dre, thank you so much for joining me. Appreciate, appreciate your time, my friend. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for having me. Look forward to next time. Again, uh, Andre Snellings, uh, just really, really one of the smartest guys uh, we have at ESPN. Always great to have him on Bet LA. So I do appreciate him. Can you believe it, guys? By the way, Tyler and Brian, again, producing the show tonight, uh, that just three weeks left in, in the NBA regular season. 
it's it's flown it, by. It tends it's to. It's flown by, right? I feel like, like the NBA just, season tends to fly by pretty quickly. See, I don't. Mm. Um, so this, I think this year has been been really interesting. And, and also, another thing, I'm I'm really excited for the postseason. You know, I I, I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of parity this year than in years past, right? Like, you know, I just feel like in years past, it's always been like Golden State and everybody else. Like, uh, yeah. like why are we even why are we even playing? Yeah, why are we even playing? Way. Like, totally. right? Like this year, I just I feel like okay, is it Boston? Is it the Bucks? Could the Knicks make some noise? How about the Cavs? You know, they you know they you know they they've been pretty solid. You know. Um, you know, out in the West, like I love the Denver Nuggets, which, uh, by the way, no bueno. Uh, they lost to um, to the Bulls, one seventeen to ninety six. Another home game that Jokic did not get a triple double. Uh, his last game, I missed the triple double by one assist. This game, I missed the triple double by two assists. What the heck is going on? Uh, nonetheless, again, uh, just looking at at the the grand scheme of things, again, I'm 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 all about Denver, but now that Katie is in Phoenix, they're kicking butt and taking names. They're up tonight, right? The the the, the Kings have done. Ex- I think the Kings win the Pacific. By the way, the Clippers can they find whatever mojo they need? Even though Russell Westbrook is there, the Dallas Mavericks. Whenever it's Luca and um and Kyrie on the court. The two of them are combined are putting up 80 to 90 points a game. I just, I'm leaving out the 76ers. I just, I feel like, I feel like this is, this is going to be a really fun and exciting postseason uh, in the NBA. I really do. Yeah. When we come back, uh, guys, let's, let's, let's talk about the NCAA tournament um, and specifically what's going on this week and this weekend as conference championships uh, in conference tournaments are taking place and who we like to come out of certain conferences like the ACC, like the Big Ten, like the Big 12. Uh, I'll give you who my picks and my plays are. I'm curious to get yours as well. Anita Marks with you. We're talking Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. (laughs) Am I the only one who is feeling the difference here in regard to like the energy of the rejoiner and then the music we play? (laughs) Am I, am I the only one? I think we just need. Like, I think it needs a little more volume, Brian. I think we just need to like. We need to slam it in. But I, I, I think just, he's on the right like, track. You know, he'll he'll get it's, it. I just feel he's like it's it. welcome back to Bed LA with Anita Box, and then all of a sudden it's like. Welcome back to Bed LA with Anita Marks. Like the two just don't go, Brian. Like I don't know. I don't. He's gonna get it. He's gonna get Brian. You're doing a great job, man. Keep it up. You're killing it, dude. Oh, Brian, sorry. All right, uh, let's talk some college hoops. Um, as of right now, LSU and Georgia all tied up at 67. I told you to take Georgia on the money line at plus money. Um, hopefully, uh, they, it's about a minute 30 left. So by the time this segment is over, hopefully, uh, I, I, will have given you, um, I will have given you a winner. That would be great. Um, Minnesota up on Nebraska, 77 to 75. Uh, with one second left in that game. So, uh, you know, you never know. Um, some other some other plays out there that I was on. Uh, I told you to take Oklahoma State <clears throat> getting the points 
against Oklahoma, and sure enough, they're up 50-39 to with about four minutes left in the second half. So hopefully that will be a winner for you as well. Just a few minutes ago, I told you to take uh, Northern Arizona. Uh, Getting the eight, that tip-off is in about five minutes. So if you can, jump on that. Also, I liked um, uh, Oregon State uh, getting the nine and a half against Arizona State. So again, hopefully you can jump on that. Uh, some other games, very surprising, guys. Wake Forest beat Syracuse. I saw that. That was a huge upset. Right? Fantastic. Beheim. beheim has gone. This is it. This is his last game. And that play that he drew up for them, <laughs> horse manure. I don't like, I'm sorry. I, like with his career, is that how you want to go out? <laughs> Not for me. Uh, but anyway, Wake now advances, and they're going to be taking on University of Miami. We're going to get into who I like to win out of these conference tournaments in just a second. Uh, but I just want to give you some of the scores out there. Pittsburgh beat Georgia Tech 89-81, to so they advance. Um, <clears throat> some other ones out there that I think might be important to people. We had Fat Jack on the show professional handicapper not too long ago he was talking about Iona Iona took care of Mount St. Mary's 74 to 54 they're 25 and 7 uh, in the season they're 17 and 3 uh in um in the MAC I I like them a lot I'm with him I like I like Iona a lot um I really do and I think his philosophy in regard to betting them at 500 to 1 in the tournament and then hedging that, uh, I think, could be pretty pretty significant. Uh, West Virginia took care of Texas Tech tonight, uh, 60, 78 to 62. That's pretty significant. Uh, North Carolina beat Boston College, 85 to, to, to 61. But Baycott, did you see Baycott was injured tonight? Not sure how much, what, what the significance in, in that injury is, uh, but let's keep an eye on that. Colgate took care of Lafayette, 79 to 61. I love Colgate. Uh, they're 26 and eight. They're 17 and one in the Patriot League. I think that they can make some noise as well. I think they win the Patriot League as well. Villanova over Georgetown, 80 to 48. I had that play. So there's that. All right, guys. Uh, let, let's talk. Let's talk big picture here in regard to some of the NCAA tournament uh, championships that you can wager on in the ACC. To me, I think it comes down to Miami and Duke. A lot of people like Duke. They're coming off of a win against UNC. They're healthy. But I like Miami, twenty-four and six overall. Um, you know they're five, fifteen and five in the ACC. They've got four players that average thirteen points a game. I, I just I like their defense. I like this Miami team. I've got Miami coming out of the ACC. Either of you have a play here? Yeah, I was also looking at the standings just based off of the teams that are that are currently performing well, based off of what I've seen. And I think you're pretty much on the money with Miami, especially with them going up against Wake Forest, Wake Forest fresh off of that um, upset with Syracuse. I think I think they're going to be riding a high, and they're not going to be feeling too great at the end of the game. Yeah, so uh, again, I do like AC. I, I do like Miami coming out of the ACC. Uh, in regard to the Big Ten, a lot of people all over Purdue um, because they arguably have the best player uh, in the Big Ten, but a part of me, I'm all over Michigan State. And give me Michigan State 6-1. to one. They've got great guard play. Um, and they're once they find an offensive rhythm, especially with their veteran guards, um, 
I, I just, I think they upset Purdue. So I've got Michigan State coming out of the Big Ten. A lot of people also like Indiana at plus 450 as, as, as an upset. But to me, I'm taking Michigan State. Are you guys on Purdue? A lot of people are on Purdue. And, yeah. And, and I, I, I understand. I understand why. Admittedly, I understand yeah. why. Admittedly, yeah. I think, I, think Purdue's, okay. I think Purdue's just more well-rounded. And I think Michigan State's too dependent on their offense clicking, like you mentioned. I just think that there are too many factors that could potentially rule Michigan State out in a in a matchup against Purdue, whereas I feel like, like I said, Purdue is much more of a well-rounded team. In the Big 12, to me, it's Kansas. Uh, Bill Self, number one overall uh, coming into this tournament. Uh, a lot of people like Texas at plus 330. I want to say I want to say Fat Jack likes Texas at plus 330, but I like Kansas at plus 230. You guys have a play there? Yeah, I would I would teeter on the side of Kansas too. Kansas has just been so good. You know, it's it's tough to it's tough to rule a team like that out. I just I feel like they're even though they they're coming off of a loss, I just don't think that they put their best foot forward in right. in that game. Um, but I do believe that they will here, and I think they'll win the Big Twelve. And they're to me they're mo- most deserving of getting the number one overall. And I wouldn't be surprised if they go back to back champions. I know we haven't seen it in quite a while since University of Florida did it quite a few years ago mm-hmm. in the Big East. I'm kind of I'm teetering. I like Marquette at three to one. I like okay. Creighton at plus two seventy five. A lot of people like UConn at plus two ten. Yep. Uh, MSG is going to be rocking. Um, they've had a good month of basketball. Creighton, they've got all starting five are really good. They're averaging double digit figures each and every night. They've got a top ten defense. So uh, I'm kind of to, to me the Big East is pretty wide open with UConn, Marquette, and Creighton. I can't really say I have a lot of conviction for 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 one of them, I'm, but I'm leaning more towards Marquette or Creighton. Interesting. Okay, I would lean more towards UConn, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. Pac-12, UCLA, baby. That's right, plus one seventy to win the Pac-12. So Arizona's that team Arizona, is so they are their their defense is so good. The only thing that worries me um, is uh, is the, the Clark leg injury, but great defense. Uh, 10 straight wins. They've won 24 of 26. Arizona is plus 140 to win. They've got a lot of depth. But I'm on UCLA at plus 170. And last but not least, the SEC, Kentucky 4-1. to one. They're playing the best basketball right now. Uh, and they, they, they need to win the SEC to make sure they get one of those four or five seeds. Texas A&M, a lot of people like them to pull the upset at plus 550. They're 5-3 five and three in the SEC. And then, of course, there's Alabama. Uh, who lost A and M, uh, and they're plus one fifty, so they're favored. I, 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 a part of me is like, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to play Kentucky at four to one, guys. Yep, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, really? Yep. Okay. I was going to. Pl- well, that's I, yeah, nice. I would take Kentucky. Yeah, but I mean, right. don't, don't, you and I, you and don't I receive, take it, and then come back and be like, hey, Tyler, what the heck? You know, like, yeah, I, would, I only I took it because it. you're gonna play. I only took it because you said you were going to take yeah, it with do me. That. Don't do that. No, don't do that. Okay. When we, when we come back, Rob Demosky is going to join me. He's covered the Green Bay Packers for quite a while. He's got his finger on the pulse as well as Aaron Rodgers, better than most. And this is the big storyline right now. The Jets, they boarded a flight. They flew out west. They met with Aaron Rodgers. They're trying to wheel and deal. They, For God's sake, they hired Nathaniel Hackett, who was a complete mess in Denver this past year, to try to get... Uh, Aaron Rodgers to come play for them. Uh, you know, will will this happen? Rob joins us next to uh, give us some insight, a look behind the curtain, right here on 710 ESPN LA. There we go. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. That's you what I'm talking about. Girl, girl. <laughs> Just saying. Boys, I'm going to teach you what's up. Just DJ Laura. <laughs> I love it. I love it. On International Women's Day. Woo, woo. Shout out. Shout out, Brian. You okay? You need a hug, boo? He's limping. What? He's limping. I Brian, I'll get you some ice, man. It's going to be okay. I feel so bad, Brian. Oh, we love leaving. you, man. Uh, it's all good. <laughs> I respect it. Sorry, song, sorry. It is, it is, it is Bet LA here on seven ten ESPN LA. Um, just sw- switching back, swinging back to the NFL because yes, NFL is king or NFL is queen. Um, and uh, and and the storyline in regard to what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. Really, at, at this point now, well, you you can uh, you can make a safe case. You can argue that Lamar ja- Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers. Two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Here's the thing. I do believe that Lamar is going to stay with the Ravens. Okay? Yeah, they tagged him. I doubt that there's going to be a team out there that's going to offer him Deshaun Watson money and give up two first-round draft picks to the Ravens. It's just too much. So, you know, in regard to the grand scheme of things and, and how I think the NFL is going to change up, is I think there's a really like good good possibility, good case, that uh, that Aaron Rodgers ends up with the Jets. They did board a flight. They went out to uh, the West Coast, met with him. Rob Domoski joins us now. He covers the Green Bay Packers and, and has for quite a while. He's got his finger on the pulse and Aaron Rodgers better than most. Rob, how you doing? I'm good, Anita. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Let's dive right into it. I've been fielding calls uh, all night, uh, really, uh, in regard to what's going on with this Jets team. Um, what we know is that Woody Johnson, Josie, Robert Sala, Nathaniel Hackett jumped on a flight, flew out west to meet yep. with Aaron Rodgers. Their flight has returned. Aaron was not on it. We're not hearing any deal as of yet. What do you know? What have you heard? Any news in regard to that meeting? Um, yeah, it was you know it was a getting to know each other session because really, um, other than Nathaniel Hackett. And a little bit Robert Sala, just because of his connection to Packers coach Matt Lafleur. You know, Rogers really doesn't know uh, how the Jets operate, doesn't know the owner, doesn't know the general manager. And um, you know, look, he he said something interesting a couple of weeks ago, Nita. On, I think it was on the Pat McAfee show. He said, "Look, I've never been a free agent before. I've never been able to go and and see what else is out there, see how see how other teams operate, talk to other teams, um, you know, and, and and go through that sort of courtship." And I, that, that told me that, you know, even if he was going to return to Green Bay, and I, and I don't know that he is or isn't, that he was going to do this, that he was going to try to get permission and, and see what it's like out there. Um, you know, it sure seems, though, like he wouldn't have gone this far if he wasn't interested in leaving Green Bay. The question is, you know, is he interested in leaving Green Bay just to leave Green Bay, or is he interested in leaving Green Bay and wants to go to the Jets? And at this point, you know, I don't think we know that, but – we do know that the Jets are the only team that has been given permission um, to talk to Rodgers. Obviously, you need permission for a guy under contract. Otherwise, it would be tampering, and the Packers are not filing tampering charges. So that's obviously it was, it was a, a, a permitted uh, visit. Um, but that's really all we know right now. And, and, and you know, the, the, as far as the timeline goes, um, all along it was the start of free agency, which is um, depending on how you look at it. By definition, it's next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern time, but really the negotiating window opens at noon uh, Monday. Um, so, you know, I would say that 
either by noon Monday or by 4 p.m. Uh, Wednesday, you know, we should have something figured out. So, so let's, let's look back before we, we look forward and, and, you know, obviously you've been covering him for, 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 for quite a while, Rob, like in regards to Aaron Rodgers, um, do yeah. you feel that, do you, do you feel that the Green Bay Packers are ready to move on? Like, do you feel like they've said okay to the Jets because they are ready to move on and see what they have in Jordan Love, who they drafted in the first round quite a few years ago? Like, wh- where do you think the yeah, mindset three, is three right now with the Green ago. Bay Packers? Yeah, it's a great question. And I will tell you this. I spent a lot of time at the Combine talking to various people in the Packers organization, from front office types to scouting department uh, people, um, even just other people who are, out, are around the team in different roles. And every time I talked to someone, I changed my mind about whether I thought they wanted to move on from Rodgers or wanted to keep them. And then I would even go back to people who told me something that left me thinking they were going to move on. And then I talked to that same person again, and I thought, well, I guess maybe they want to keep them. Like, that's how, that's how uncertain it is. Um, now, certainly uh, they have been uh, emphatic that Jordan Love is ready to be a starter. And Brian Gutekunst said – not only do I think he's ready to be a starter, he needs to play. And the reason he said he needs to play is because they know there's going to be a transition period. Um, you know, I, I asked Gutekunst at the Combine in one of our, our – we had a 35-minute session with just the, the, the people who cover the team on a regular basis in a conference room at one of the hotels. And I, I said, look, how much of a transition period do you expect um, going from Rodgers to Love, given that in 2008 when Rodgers took over, he had a great year through for over 4,000 yards, a ton of touchdowns, but they were six and 10 because he didn't know how to win. And Gutekunst said, yeah, absolutely. We expect that to be, you know, we expect that to happen. Even if love plays well, we know it's going to take some time. And the follow-up question is then why not rip the bandaid off and just get that process started now? And he basically didn't answer. So, um, you know, that's, that's where they are with Jordan love three years in. You know, all and, and as you said, this is the first time that Aaron Rodgers is a free agent, and and so you know, there's a lot to be said well, he's about not a free agent in the sense. Well, that well, being being able to be able to yeah. right, being able to like to to tap his toe in the water, and yes. and feel what it's like to be wanted from another organization. Right, this is that first yes. experience for him. Um, you know, you know him better than most. How how and and in covering this league, you I'm sure you know what it's like here in New York. Like his personality, you know, yeah. he doesn't seem to be thin skinned, no, no alligator there, no water off a duck's back. Like, how do you think if, if he was to come to New York, Rob, how yeah. do you think he would handle New York and handle this media and handle this fan base? I've gotten that question a ton already. Um, and, and it's a really good one. And, and here's what I'll say about here. Here's the difference I think between the way the Packers are covered and the way um, the teams out there are covered for, for, for here, it's almost all football and, you know, and, and we're critical. We ask really, we ask hard questions. We, we criticize people, but we criticize them for football reasons. I feel like, and I could be wrong, but my outside perception is that in New York, they'll criticize you for anything. Um, you know, and the other thing too, if he goes out to dinner with, with, you know, friends or uh, a date in green Bay, Nobody cares. Like, they're used to seeing Aaron Rodgers around. He goes to his favorite restaurant, Chives. Everybody knows he's there. He sits out with regular people. Nobody bothers him because in Green Bay, it's not unusual to see Packers everywhere. He does that in New York. 
he's going to end up on page six, right? And the Green Bay Press Gazette, there is no page six entertainment section. You know, that's just not that part of it is different. Um, I don't think from a football standpoint, it's going to be any different because look, every media is national media now, right? Everybody can rip Rogers, you know, where, whatever they want, or anybody can criticize any player on a national platform. Everybody's national now because everything's available to everyone. So I, I don't know that it will be that big of a difference from a football standpoint. I do think his life will be different though. You know, I, I get the sense that, you know, he's, he's, I mean, he's, he's pushing 40, right? Like, you know, to come to an, and granted, yeah, I'm, there, there's a, a familiarity and, and, um, a comfortability with Nathaniel Hackett here, but like, yeah, you know, different, different way this organization is run, different o- organization culture, yeah. a, a, a lot, yeah. a lot of young, inexperienced, talented, but young, inexperienced players that are going to need guidance from him. Doesn't, didn't strike me. And, and I don't know if this was like, reported poorly or this was the perception but like you know not the kind of guy who wants to like help coach up young players yeah i i, I well, you know I, I, and and okay well he's not going to be a good fit here rob <laughs> i mean yeah just... no I, well that's the thing he's gonna have to he's, <laughs> he's, if he does this and if it's going to be successful he's going to have to show up to the offseason program um you know he didn't do that here uh, the last, this past off season, uh, didn't do it the two years ago when he, you know, held out, I use the word hold out loosely because he wasn't really a holdout, but he threatened to not come back. He skipped everything in the off season, including the mandatory mini camp. Um, you know, that's, if, if he's going to go to a new team, those are the kind of things that I would think they would expect from him. And that's probably part of what the jets wanted to know from him when they met with him. I, I, I did a story a year ago, I uh, ran on ESPN.com where I talked to like five or six quarterbacks who some of whom had changed teams late in their careers and some of whom had opportunities to and decided not to. And to get their perspective on, you know, what Rodgers should do, this was last year when we didn't know, um, should he should he go to another team? Should he resign here? And Rich Gannon said something interesting to me. He said when he changed teams, and I, I can't remember the order, was it Kansas City to Oakland? I'm not 100% sure. He, he didn't realize how much work it was going to take to go to a new team and learn a new offense and learn how coaches reacted, learn how they did things. I mean, when, I've covered this league for a long time. When, when, a, when a team signs a free agent, one of the first things that they always say, you know, what, what's the adjustment like? They'll say things like, well, I didn't even know where the cafeteria was. I wasn't sure where, where I was staying the first, you know, until I found a place to live. I didn't know where the meeting rooms were. He's done the same thing in the same building with the same people for 18 years. So he's going to go to, to, to New York or Forum Park, New Jersey, and have no one, right? I mean, unless they bring Randall Cobb with them or whoever teammate he wants to come with them, he's not going to know anybody. And, you know, as a, that could be a lonely existence for, for a guy in that kind of environment. Um, so those are all things that, that are going to go into it. It's not, you know, people think, well, is he a good fit for the football team? Can they pay him enough? And does the salary cap work out? Yeah, those things are all important. But there's so many other things that people forget, like this is, you know, real life and, and job um, experiences that, you know, that football players have that just like we do. Um, and, and it's a big adjustment for those guys, too. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out before I let you go. How do you think this is going to play out? What is your gut telling you, Rob? I think he plays football uh, in 2023 and 
I have no idea whether it's going to be in Green Bay or for the Jets. Um, I think I would if this if it's gone down this road so far, you would think that it would be uh, tip the scales would be tipped toward the Jets. But with this guy, I've covered him his entire career. Um, just when you think you know how he operates and what decisions he makes, he does the opposite. So I I, I really don't know. I've got stories written for all possibilities. Uh, and whatever happens, we'll pick the right one and put it on ESPN.com when it does. I'm sorry, I lied. One more question, two-part. Number one, um, do you feel that the Green Bay Packers would demand a one in order to get him, or do you feel that the the Jets could get him with a two? And number two, what's his cap hit this season? So I think it would take a one. Now the problem is, the Jets don't want to give up what is thirteenth pick, right? If, if yeah, they need offensive um, offensive linemen. Yes. So I mean, okay, the Packers are picking fifteenth. Would they swap that? Doesn't really do you a whole lot of good. Um, if you're the Packers, just moving up two spots. Maybe it's maybe it's a it's a two this year and something else if he plays a second year. Or maybe there's. The way around that is, is possibly getting players involved in it, too. I know it doesn't happen a lot in the NFL, but um, there is that possibility. The cap is an absolute nightmare. Uh, Rogers' cap charge this year is $30 million for the Packers. That's a very manageable cap number. If they trade him um, or cut him before June 1st, there's $40 million in dead money. So essentially they would, they would lose even more cap space than they're giving up right now. Um, for the Jets, it would be fairly um, straightforward in terms of um, the cap, but they would owe him that $59 million option bonus, which is he's due but sometime between you know, March 15th and the start of the regular season, and they would have to figure out how to spread that out over their cap. They could certainly turn it into a signing bonus, add years to the contract, uh, you know, and, and spread it out you know, like that. There are ways around it. It's going to be very bad for the Packers, um, you know, whenever Rodgers is done, assuming he doesn't play out this entire contract, which is two more years, it's going to be bad for them from a salary cap standpoint, no matter what, unless Rodgers were to retire. Then it's pretty palatable. Got it. Rob, again, thank you so much for joining us uh, this evening. Really do appreciate your time. This will be interesting to see how this all plays out. Thank you. You got it, Anita. We'll be seeing you. Again, Rob Demosky joining us does an excellent job covering the Green Bay Packers. Um, quick break. We come back. We'll talk some more NFL. Also, getting you ready for the Players' Championship. A lot of people like to call it the fifth major of the season. Uh, we will get you some winners. Getting you ready for early tomorrow morning. So make sure you're ready for that right here on 710 ESPN LA. <laughs> There you go. There you go, Brian. There you go, Brian. Appreciate Thank it. You. Appreciate it. That's right. It is, <laughs> is Bet LA here on uh, on 710 ESPN LA. Um, big tournament happening starting tomorrow down in Florida at uh, TPC Sawgrass. It is the Players' Championship. A lot of people like to call this uh, the fifth major. Uh, you've got the best of the best still playing in the PGA Tour. As we know, a lot of the best of the best left to go play live because they wanted that Dollar bills, y'all. Um, but nonetheless, uh, you still have a lot of a lot of really good golf uh, still to be played um, on the PGA Tour. So, um, how am I playing this Players Championship? A few things, uh, and, and especially, listen, I, I say this all the time. Probably one of my favorite things to handicap is golf. Why? 
I don't want to say that it's easy to handicap because it's not easy to handicap. Okay. But there's so much information out there. And what's easy about it is a course is a course, right? Course isn't going to change. Yeah. Weather's going to change. Weather is going to be a factor, but like when you play a course, you know what you need in your bag in order to win, whether it's, you know, having really good, uh, you know, ball striking skills where you're like strokes gained on approach greens and regulation, or you're playing a course that's really long. And so you're going to, you're going to have to be like really long off the tee in order to win, you know? So when you handicap golf, like it's, it's pretty evident what you need in your bag in order to win. And then the metrics are out there when it comes to golfers, like the information is out there. It's easy to attain. So what I look for is, is for this tournament, this, this track golfers that are excellent ball strikers. So, uh, you're looking for strokes gained on approach. You're looking for strokes gained. Uh, you're looking for strokes, greens and regulation. You're looking for strokes gained putting, especially on Bermuda, because it's a different grass, uh, that they play in Florida than they do in California on the, on the left coast. So that's important. Also, I typically look for guys, especially on Thursday, uh, who are going to start off on, in the early morning um, because winds down in South Florida really pick up in the afternoon. So with all that said, who am I playing heading into the Players' Championship? Uh, I love me some... Uh, I, lo- I, I do like Justin Thomas. I don't necessarily like the odds on Justin Thomas, but I do like Justin Thomas. I'm going to throw some money on him. I really love Max Homa at 22 to 1 to win, plus 450 to finish in the top five, plus 230 to finish in the top 10. Uh, first in strokes gained on approach in his last 24 rounds. And and this is a really good course fit for him. I also like Keegan Bradley to win at 45 to 1, top 5, 9 to 1, top 10, 4 to 1. Great ball striker, plus six and a half strokes last week in regards to ball striking. Uh, finished top 10 last week at the Bay Hill. Thrives on Pete Dye courses. He's putting a lot better. Just really love. So so Homa and Bradley are two guys that I do anticipate to possibly win this whole damn thing. Uh, top 10, uh, I like Jason Day at plus 280. Uh, he does well here. He's won here back in 2010. His game is on point this season and plays well on Pete Dye courses. Um, also top 20, Corey Connors. Loves Sawgrass. He's three for three in regard to cuts made, and he's got a top seven finish. And last but not least, Davis Riley. I like him to finish in the top 40. Um, he finished top 10 at Bay Hill, so his game is on point. He shot a 66 on Sunday and um, and also tied for 13th at Wyndham. And Wyndham, those who play well at Wyndham typically play well um, here at Sawgrass. So those are my plays. When we get back, we'll kick off hour number three. Keith Stewart, professional PGA Tour pro. Also, eyes and ears on the ground. He's actually in Jacksonville for this tournament, the Players' Championship. So excited. Keith Stewart's going to join us next as we kick off hour number three here on 710 ESPN LA.